you're listening to Make the Sacred Shift, a fresh and powerful conversation on how to bring the sacred right into the heart of the messy and vulnerable human challenges we all go through in relationships, spirituality, health, and business, so we can shift into our full soul embodiment and quite literally change our worlds. I'm your host, Medicine Woman for the Soul, and guide for visionaries, luminaries, and entrepreneurs, Joanna Antarism. Join me for engaging soul conversations as I connect with the top voices on the sacred in relationships, spirituality, health, and business, on what it's really like to live from the sacred in the ways our soul calls out for most, and to shift our lives like lightning as we learn how to do it. It's time to make the sacred shift everywhere that most asks for it. The call for it is now, and here we are. And and here we are. I <laughs> welcome. I am so excited today to bring you and share with you uh, a woman I completely admire and have tremendous respect for. Kylie Slavic is here with us today. And for those of you that are hearing about Kylie for the first time, uh, wow, you are in for a huge treat. Um, Kylie has revolutionized the way that online marketing is done, proving that love and story-based marketing can get better results than fear, hype, and scarcity. Wow, that feels great already. She's pioneered <laughs> methods across Facebook and LinkedIn advertising business, storytelling, email copywriting, content marketing, and strategic partnerships, generating multiple millions of dollars for her clients. She's been behind hundreds of launches and funnels and done business with teams such as Gina DeBee, Bob Proctor, Ryan Tracy, Ariel Ford, John Asaraf, and more. Wow. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. I feel so honored and so excited that people get to hear your voice in this podcast today. Yeah, it feels really good to be here. Yay, 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 yay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, of course, I know a little bit about you because um, we've been connected for Gosh, how many years now? I think it's been like, has it been five? Yeah, I, think I was thinking five. Yeah, yeah, that's about the number that came to me. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about this woman that had ran this big ad campaign, um, <laughs> actually for Gina, Gina Duby. And I remember going at the beginning of my online journey, knowing that on some level that I needed copywriting, but not knowing how much to find out who this ninja writer you know, woman was, and I remember having to go on a search, and um, it wasn't all over the place who who the copywriter was that had made these amazing ads. So I think I found out through the back door, and then I remember reaching out to you, and there was just this wonderful, you know, um, soul connection, and um, of course, I'd had the opportunity to uh, participate in your courses, and um you know, to experience mentorship from you, which has been amazing. And I'm wondering if you would be willing just to start out and share a little bit about the essence of the work that you're doing now, just so that people have a sense of, of, of you who might be hearing you from the first time. And of course, those that, those that already know you getting a little reminder. Sure. My work spans a lot of different areas of the digital marketing space because I just, that's how I learn. You know, I share with people a lot. I didn't learn the way most of my clients learned, which is to go to coaches, pay a bunch of money and try to figure it out. 
I learned by getting these exorbitant budgets that people had that they weren't really worried about, that they just said, go and play and have fun and do cool things and make us money with. And so I taught myself how to do ads. I taught myself how to write copy. I taught myself how to tell stories and all those things. And then I could test my ideas out in real time and see what was working and what wasn't. And I never had that pressure of if, if this doesn't work, I'm not going to pay my rent this month because it was other people's money. And I got lucky to work with these people who just weren't, didn't have any fear around it. They just gave me money and said, go do cool stuff. And it was like an artist dream. Right. And I, so the work that I've really landed on though, after just really doing everything but the tech and digital marketing is working with people on their stories and writing story-based copy. So those are my two areas that I'm really focused in. And really my end game is closing the influence gap on the planet so that we can turn things around at the speed that they need to be turned around at, which is like an impossible speed. So I'm like into that. I love that idea that it's impossible and we're going to do it anyways. So <laughs> yeah, that is like, so worthy. just a moment, like, right, right. <laughs> this is a woman that hears the call of now and is, and the urgent call of now. And it's like using her art to turn it around most expediently. Like that's wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, I do, I'm a brand storyteller and a brand story consultant and a copywriter, but really I'm like, let's get it together guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I, re and, I re and I realize that we need to do that through business. So. Mm -hmm. Cause it's such a, a medium that so many people speak and understand mm -hmm. and talk with for sure. Yeah. So that's why I do it. So how did you, how did, how did storytelling in all of the amazingness and profundity and necessity and sacredness that it is, how did that, how did that get born in you? What did you have to go through in order to connect to that for you? I love that. I always have been living in the world of stories. It's more when people ask, I'm like, you know, I've always been doing story. It's more weird that I'm doing marketing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, my mom told me that when I was a kid, I would take three books in the car just to go to my grandma's house, like just for the car. And it was like 15 minutes away. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's kind of how I was. I think I, I, I think she, she also told me when I was in first grade, I was testing at a seventh grade reading level or something of that nature. So yeah, I just was like born with a book in my hand and just would write little stories and little poems all the time when I was a kid and wow. had a very wild imagination and always, always since I was five years old would look around at this world and go, this isn't, this isn't it. We could do better. Like we could just do so much better. And I always saw the correlation between the stories that we are told through the media, through Hollywood, through the news, through all that kind of stuff, through advertising and the stories that we tell ourselves and then how that informs the world that we're living in. And so I'm like a story hacker. I'm like, no, we can do better, but we need to start with the stories. So that's kind of how it started from when I was a kid. And then when I, when I went to college, I, you know, I'm so into the planet, the planet, the planet. And I tell everybody all the time we need to, do, you know, we need to like help the planet. 
I started college at environmental science and forestry school and I could not hack the science part of it. So I dropped out after one semester. I mean, they pretty much had me on academic probation anyways. I don't know if it would have lasted, but I, I did realize like this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I ended up thinking, well, what can I do? Like, I want to help the planet. That's all I know. And I decided I could write poetry. So I got an English degree. And that was just more, you know, deconstructing stories, writing, reading. That's all I did. That's all I knew how to do. And that's all I did. And I graduated and I started a performance poetry, like slam poetry venue in my town. And that's all I wanted to do. Like my parents were like, you know, you have this degree, you should get a job. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to work in a restaurant and quit every time I need to, to travel. And I'm just going to make the money. Like when you're 19, 20, 21, however old I was like that $20 an hour at a restaurant is awesome. And I just wanted to do poetry. So I really didn't care about anything else. And that's all I did. And so it flowed from there into marketing. But I mean, the story stuff has just always been who I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And would you be willing to along that line, like just share a little bit more about you know, that part of who you are? Does that, how does that connect to the sacred for you? Like, is there, is there a way it sounds like you have, always have this connection to writing stories and mm-hmm. you know, three books to your grandma's house for a 15 year <laughs> journey. It's just like, so I can so totally see you doing <laughs> that, like carrying, carrying them, you know, and just making sure you had enough stories to be with you. There must've been something so calling for you, you know, in your, in your soul and your spirit to yeah. keep you so aligned. What, what really, grabs you from the sacred about the whole storytelling process because I'm sure people who are listening to this have their own stories to tell and are in mm-hmm. various stages of doing that whether it's for marketing or uh, personal healing or both or business you know all of those how, how does the sacred really tie in for that with you yeah my larger I have like a larger answer that's kind of funny and then uh <laughs> a more like micro answer, but the macro answer is really, I believe that on a certain level, like creation happens because God loves a good story. You know, it's like, there's really no other reason for all of this to be happening. It's just like, let's see what happens when we create a bunch of stuff. I just love that. Creation (laughs) happens because God loves a good story. I mean, God didn't have to create any of this, you know, but like, (laughs) here we all are and here we all are. And it's, it's like so entertaining and so interesting. And I, and I think the different threads of story that are happening simultaneously all happen through archetypes and people go on their archetypal journey and that is their soul journey through life. And when I help people with story, it's really like, okay, what archetype do you resonate with? And what does that inform about who you are and why you're here? So that's, that's one answer. And then the other answer is like, especially in entrepreneurship, people speak so much of what they think they're supposed to speak. Mm. And it's really sad to me. So when I work with someone and pull out like their actual genuine story, it's not just good for their marketing, which it is, but it also helps them reclaim their own voice and And I believe that everybody is a channel for divine truth. So if you're just sounding like everybody else, then you're actually not 
sharing that truth that is unique to you that can only come through you that wants to come through you from that spiritual world and come out into this world and so we're when we don't tell our stories we're cutting off like that divine flow that wants to happen and i see that all every day in the marketplace especially and it's heartbreaking so I get really offended by ads that like, I take it personally. I'm like, that's a bad ad. <laughs> Cause it's not, it's not, <clears throat> excuse me. It's not connecting to the sacred essence of that particular person or company that really needs to be told and have God have a happy story from, from that piece of the whole. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly that. It's like your story is not their story. Don't play it safe. You know, just because you think that that story might sell or might land because you've heard it before, you know, like referencing Gina, when I, when I worked with her, I had this conversation that she then later shared from stage with her, which was, what do you feel like is your real message that is not being shared by anybody else? And she said, you know, Kylie, I, I can't remember exactly how she said it, but she said, I just want women to make money because they just want to make money. Like there's so many people out there that are like, make money to do good with it or make money to save the world. And she's like, I just want women to, for so long, women have been told what to do, who to be, that they don't deserve anything. She's like, I just want women to be lit up with their own desires and go for the money because of that. And that had been in her messaging before me. But when I asked her that question and she answered it, it was like she owned it in this way deeper level. And then we ran with that story and that story got lit up on fire because it was authentic to her. And then I saw other people try to kind of tell that same story, but it wasn't really true for them and it just fell flat. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it doesn't matter what the story is. It has to be the story <clears throat> that's yours though. That's what has magnetism. Right. <clears throat> that is so, so, so true. It's so true and it is so magnetic. And yet it's also the thing that I have noticed both as a observer but also as a as a human myself in my own journey of sharing my own stories it's also the thing that makes us the most vulnerable to all the story making uh untruths that we've ever been fed mm. as well mm -hmm. like to go to to really own that personal magnetism so deeply mm -hmm. by the like our soul stories our spirit stories that are meant to be part of this creation and, and delight, you know, in the universe and to be of service, those can be the ones that can be the most loaded for us to actually share. I'm wondering if you can say a little bit about observing any of that in, in your work and, and how you, how you help bring that forward for people. Mm. Well, I mean, it's awesome. First of all, I just love the awareness around it and you naming it. And how do I, how, like, so how, like, do you mean, how would I get somebody to share that part of themselves? Yeah. yeah. Well, my favorite way to do it, if people are really off course, is to kind of shock them back into their story. So, <laughs> I so, love this. I, love so this. I just oh. shared this yesterday on a podcast with somebody too. It's one of the things that I ask people, whether they're multi seven figure companies or someone who's never made money online before. I asked them if someone put a camera to your face and you were, you only had 60 seconds to live and you knew that that video was going to go viral, 
what would your message to humanity really be? Oh my God. I know they look at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> but it's cool because the real, it's the best way to get someone to get clear on their message. Cause they realize what's at stake. Like I'm going to die and this is the mark I want to leave on the world. Millions of people are going to hear this. They get so clear so fast and they're like, oh, my life is really about this or my message is really about that. And it's like, boom, okay, now we can build a story around that. Because now I know that that really matters to you, you know? That's so profound. <laughs> like, that is so profound because, of course, there's a story. I mean, and in some ways it feels like a practice, too, for our own mm -hmm. death process of, of getting in touch with what is that story? Because there's also the story that in that for those few microseconds before we pass away, mm -hmm. the essence of our life story and our creation is also displayed right in front of us as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, always good to get practice before the big event. <laughs> and, and I know, right? <laughs> and, to, and to be able to really... Um, say that with not being fettered or or frightened or terrorized even if the process of doing it is intense yeah exactly wow and so do you find that that do you find that that works mm -hmm. for people mm -hmm. people can go there really fast and then they realize oh this is what's been missing mm -hmm. from my messaging and from my marketing this is what i really care about and it's so powerful and so amazing to watch all the rest of the work we do from there because that oftentimes is the first question I'll ask and then we can just go so much deeper from there it's it's great wow it's like almost like sacred sacred um story medicine it's like <laughs> great under those conditions of a minute and a camera and like you're gonna you know this is it like <laughs> like here's what comes out Wow, I love that kind of shocking methodology. And so, for for those of us that um, who are who who may be listening, who uh, may not do that, or like, what's what would you say is a is a thing that we could do before that to kind of warm us up, so that we could try that on at some point, you know, after that. Like, if we're just if you're kind of new to telling your story, or if you have been telling the same story but you're ready to go deeper, and like, what what would be the next thing that people could do and practice and share? Sure. I think that there's always this idea of relating back to the audience or the clients and what they really want and really thinking about what is the transformation that people are coming to me for. And then thinking about maybe two or three incidents in your life that were challenging for you, but related to that transformation. So maybe your clients want to be more authentic and you had a couple of times in your life where you really struggled with that. Then sharing those incidents in the form of a story and what your obstacles were in being authentic, what your challenges were, how you overcame them and what, what sort of key insight you gained out of allowing yourself to go through the process of, of alchemy of transformation and, what it looks like now. And that's a very basic story formula that you see a lot, but by making it more personal, it just becomes very universal. So really adding those details in and making sure that you're not, you're not doing exposition, which is when you're kind of giving a laundry list of a bunch of things that happened instead, right. instead you want to really paint the picture. So it's like, yeah, I was living in Hawaii with my husband, Tom, and our three kids, and you name them. Like, it's like, make sure that you actually tell a story. So that's kind of my 101 advice is 
is really looking at when was there a point in time where you had transformation and what were the challenges? How did you overcome the challenges? What does it look like now? Going back and making sure you didn't leave anything open to imagination that you really, that it was really concrete. Yes, those are wonderful words, and I appreciate hearing them again. And <laughs> I, I say it all the time, but <laughs> yeah, I think I just heard those recently. <laughs> and so, in terms of like the marketing and you know business world and the world that that you're you know servicing of people in terms of your mentoring and guidance, what do you see that people are just really overlooking and missing? when it comes to starting to share their own story. I mean, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, what, I, I can't remember exactly how you phrased it about like, um, you know, what other people might think and, and kind of getting back into your core transformation story. But what, what else do you see that people either overlook or um, maybe even some of the big stories that people tell themselves about their own story um, that you see over and over again as maybe like a collective theme or something that we're all, you know, playing out here in the, in this marketing business reality. Like what, what are we not seeing that you see from the unique and very unique? And there's not a lot of, I don't run into people like you every day who are doing the kind of work that you're doing and storytelling, you know, focus very, very few people. So what are we, what are we missing? (laughs) I wouldn't say there's a collective missing. Mm-hmm. I would say there's a collective. There is a like there is a sense, especially for people that are new, that they have to share a story about money. If mm-hmm. if they're in the coaching or the business space, especially they there's this sense of like I have to share this rags to riches story. And that is a great story. I mean, I have a book sitting on my ta- on my table that's the se- the like the seven plots or something of that nature, and that's one of them. So that is a theme that people care about. But there's also so much more to your story than I came online, I launched a program, and I made forty two grand in three days. And that story will only go so far because a lot of times people don't even believe it, and that's not even really what they're looking for. So I think there's a pressure to, to lead with, with money when maybe people do want to make money, but they also want to know that you're trustworthy. They also want to know that you care. I've sold more programs talking about human trafficking and cleaning up the oceans than I have like sometimes even talking about money because people are like, oh, I mean, I do help people make more money, but I don't talk about that all that much. I talk about so many other things and people are just totally drawn in by that. And so really understanding what the values are that your clients have uh, or of the clients you want to call in, like understanding what their values are and telling stories about that. And that can be a really, really important asset. And I think somebody who's done that really well, whether or not you like them as a company, that's not the point. But I think that Apple and Nike have done this really well. Because their stories don't even have anything to do with their product half the time. But if you watch a Nike commercial and you're not in tears, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't know, guys, (laughs) if you're not crying about that, like kid that just got out of a wheelchair and ran for the first time. So they're really good at understanding the values of their clients Mm -hmm. and telling stories about it. And those values are hard work and determination 
and overcoming personal limitations and be like, it's the, it's the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And that's why they have so much brand loyalty, even though runners will tell you their shoes are not the best shoes. You wouldn't know, you would never know that Nike didn't produce the best shoes because of their branding is so good, but they don't from Mm -hmm. what I understand. So it's like, they're not telling stories about just shoes and you don't need to tell just stories about money or coaching or the thing that you're doing. So that's, I think that's one thing that I see that like is painful for me because I know there's so much more to a person than what they're selling. Yeah. It really sounds like you're talking about the greater human stories that we all mm-hmm. need to be hearing and engaging in and be active around in terms of how, how we're serving and how we're reaching people and how we're connecting with people. I mean, it, of course, like you said, it can be great. You know, $42,000 in three days is a wonderful it's story. It's exciting. Nothing to sneeze at, you know? Right. And there's a, a much greater story that I'm hearing you say is possible for people to really be bringing forward mm-hmm. in a way that's going to help create far more connection and trustworthiness mm-hmm. with you as a service provider. And so um, sort of building upon that, what do you see as the potential if we do shift that focus and become far more connected to speaking about the more human things? Like what, what do you believe is possible? What do you, what do you envision? For, sto- for the collective stories? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to, I mean, I just want to restory the whole planet. So that's my agenda. That's what I'm doing with my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that starts with the individual being willing to take bigger risks in their storytelling and be more real. So I have a lot of trainings for that. And that's one part of my company. And then the other part is really working with disruptors. So right now I'm working potentially with a company that's going to change how houses are built and how energy is produced. And then in another area, I'm working on a story for the Barrier Reef. And another project I'm working on is story in the financial markets at a really big level in terms of what's possible. So I like to, I like to work with solopreneurs and service providers on a certain level. And I have programs and products where I'm like, this is how you do it. And then on another level, I'm telling the stories for these people that are influencing at a big level. And that's really what wakes me up in the morning. I'm just like, I am just personally at a place where I see how short we're selling ourselves as a species and how short we're selling like, like I wake up and I'm like, Oh, another whale species just went extinct. Good job humans. You know? And it's like, it's like, it's like we need to be telling new stories because the stories that we're telling ourselves right now are, are telling us that that's actually okay. You know, Mm -hmm. like, like, like most of the stories on this planet have been influenced by the spiritual texts, like the Bible that says, okay, man and women, you can go and you can, you can, it's your job to have practically like conquest over the planet, which is a gross misinterpretation of the book of Genesis, but it's what most people think. It's like, oh, well, we're here and we're the highest on the totem pole. So we can just kind of throw stuff in, into, you know, we can just like throw our trash everywhere and, and we can just behave in these ways. 
But what about a story, what about a creation myth that talks about the interconnection of all life? And if you, you, if one species goes extinct, that's actually you doing that to yourself too. You know, what happens to the world if that's our creation story? Wow. I'm like, <clears throat> right now, I don't really have anything. I mean, I'm, just, we're in a, I'm in a state of awe, really, like that, and to be in a state of awe and openness. Yeah, I think that we would treat each other a lot differently and we would think about it before we just threw a cigarette butt out the window or whatever it is that we're doing. And so I'm really looking to change, like these stories are passed down through thousands of years and they exist at a DNA level. It's not easy to just go, okay, we're going to tell different stories, you know. But the other thing is that I always knew this was true, but somebody recently verified it for me. And I always knew like, there's a book that all copywriters read. It's called Influence by Robert Cialdini. And it says a really good influencer does not want to tell people what to think because people get pissed off about that. And they're like, don't tell me what to think. <laughs> but a great influencer will tell people to what to think about. So we can see this on Facebook when we log in. And there's like six stories and a billion or two billion people on the planet are looking at them all at the same time. So what does that do? It's like social engineering at its finest. We're all thinking about the same seven things. Um, I believe that the media will tell us what to think about for a week or a month or whatever so that we're all thinking about the same thing. And I think it's essentially to manipulate markets. So I found out that this was true because I met this guy who was personally mentored by one of the kids of the wealthiest family in the families in the world who kind of broke away. And what he said was, oh, you guys think there's like this Illuminati. It's not exactly like that. But here's what really happens. We're all friends. We all hang out. We all call each other up and we're like, let's buy the New York Times for $2 billion this week. And let's crash this market or let's, you know, so we can crash the real estate market and buy it all back up because they're just bored, you know, and they, and $2 billion is like $50 to me. So I know that's happening and I'm like, no, I'm going to take my stab at, at getting, creating this like tribe of story warriors who can actually reclaim the stories that mean something and the stories that are true. And so that's just my mission in life, really. I love that. That's your mission. And uh, of course, so grateful for all the impact that I've seen that you've had. I'm, I'm going back to the, um, you were, we were talking a little bit earlier about vulnerability and sharing stories, yeah. you know, and I'm wondering like when you're working with individuals versus working with a company, mm -hmm. you know, where they're actually open and interested in re-engineering their stories in a way, some of the ways that you discussed, are the vulnerabilities the same or is it, is it, is working with them differently? It is, is, do you work with them differently because it's more of a corporate structure that may be harder to deal with? I don't know. I'm just really curious. You know, it's probably different to work one-on-one -on -one with somebody, but I'm also curious about how you might work with a company. Mm -hmm. um, well, or there are differences and there are similarities in working with a solopreneur or a personal brand versus a company, mm -hmm. but it's not all that different in the sense of vulnerability because in order to get attention in a story, the story has to be about somebody, right? Like in movies, we're going to call this the 
hero in literature, it might be called the protagonist, but there has to be, the story has to be about somebody or it's like, there's no story. They have to go through a transformation or there's no story. And they have to be the underdog, which means there has to be a belief that something is at stake if they don't achieve the goal that they set out to achieve on their journey. And there has to be a sense of urgency and there has to be a sense of, I don't know if they can do this. Something, the decks have to be stacked in order to create an emotional story. And that is a way to create vulnerability immediately because if you look at it, every movie, what they usually do is they start out and they introduce a character to you and they have to make the character likable. Now they're not gonna, or you won't watch the movie. Now the character isn't gonna be likable if he's just some arrogant, like amazing, overaccomplished person. There has to be a flaw, like there has to be something human about them or we can't relate. So that has to, and then what usually happens is something happens that puts them in jeopardy or puts them in a bad situation or puts them in an obstacle or a challenge. And now that we've established that we like them, we're rooting for them to get the thing. It's like, oh man, you know, and you're on the edge of your seat. So vulnerability is not going online and just oversharing and dumping every thought in your head. And like, that's maybe for your therapist, right? Right. Vulnerability is usually showing like for me, it's more, it is about being vulnerable, being authentic, being real, not having masks, showing who you really are. But it doesn't mean that there's no boundaries. It means that your story shows that you were somewhat of an unlikely hero at one point and you rose through challenges and came out on the other side. Right, exactly. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And it sounds like that can also go on in corporate climates as well. It It has to. I mean, it it has has to. to. Yeah, it does. I've heard from a lot of people that it can be harder to change the corporate story because maybe there's more of an establishment or maybe there's more of an attachment to the brand of the company that they think is going to actually make the money. But then, of course, they become vulnerable if their numbers aren't what they want them to be and then hopefully more open for somebody to guide them mm-hmm. into sharing the next version of their story that reflects what you were just saying. Yeah. And I read, um, or I went to a workshop in LA called Storynomics with a man named Robert McKee and he is maybe in his eighties, definitely late seventies. He wrote a book called story. That's one of the top three books in film school. And he has had a lot of Academy Award winning writers that have gone through his training and, and all that kind of stuff and Oscars and all those things. He talks about, he now works with corporations to tell their brand story. And he said that is the biggest stumbling block. Like the corporations do not want to be perceived as this underdog. The ones that do it really well, like Patagonia, Nike, Apple, there's Mac cosmetics. I mean, the companies who will actually adapt and do that, they have this ferocious brand loyalty, but he, but he told us that his clients, a lot of his corporate clients don't want to do it, but he gave us the neuroscience of why you have to. And that is that 99% of people identify with being an underdog in life. Like I'm this person who wants this thing and the government's in my way or the world is in my way or 
money is in my way and you know, all this kind of stuff. 99% of people think that way. That's a staggering statistic. I've never heard that before. 1% of people see themselves as being the overdog. They are probably the narcissists and the sociopaths, and they are in positions of power. You know what I mean? And so those people, so when we think, but if you position yourself as, as that person, when somebody reads your story, they physiologically react to you like you are stopping them from getting them what they want. You have just become the authority figure that is in their way. So you've become a senator that they want to vote out of office or a president that they don't like. And so a lot of the corporations want to stubbornly cling to that old paradigm of like, I am the authority, I am the best. But it's just like people just can't relate to that on an emotional level. That's so, so deeply true and have such great hope for the future with the work (laughs) that you're doing because this is the shift that is is needed to happen on so many different levels that can happen through through shifting how we tell our stories and what stories we're telling and how we share those yeah thank you i know it's it's important work it definitely Um, keeps me busy so where is your where is your work taking you these days i mean it's um you've been at it some time and um probably it's probably different than when you started out where is it where is it taking you in the future? What are you seeing? Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to continue to work with more and more influential, disruptive companies that are making real change in the world at a level that we've never seen before. So right now I'm, I'm potentially aligning with certain companies in the blockchain space and companies in the green energy space and that's just something that happened only today and yesterday. So I don't really know where that is going. But when that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's where I want to go. I lost a couple of my copywriting clients last week, and they were about 80% of my revenue. And so I was a little worried about that. But then these, but it freed up my time. And then these other conversations happened. And I thought to myself, oh, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm headed. So I definitely want to be at the forefront of things that are really, really challenging the status quo, but also using money to do it. And my friend told me yesterday, Kylie, we don't need a trillion dollars to change the world, but we do need to influence trillion dollar markets. And I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. So of course I'll write the copy for that, you know? So so those types of things are happening at lightning speed. I also have digital programs and, and, and lower ticket programs that I'm constantly working on putting out for people so that they can access these things so that they can also become that person who is an influencer and an influencer in alignment with who they really are and not just for not just like doing it for the money yes do it for the money make a ton of money I love money but also do it in alignment with who you are you know, and that's possible so for me it's just a continuation of the two tracks of my business which is putting out training so that people can do this without me looking over their shoulder and doing and then doing the hands-on work that actually requires my time and my copywriting at a level that's going to influence people beyond what I even conceive of right now. Wow. If you could work with the most influential disruptor right now, who, who would that be like your top two? I would really like to work with Richard Branson on his ocean project if I could, because I saw the website and I was like, okay, well, this isn't a clear message. And like, 
I think my friend Dimitri actually helped them with that. I saw something on Facebook last week. He's good friends with him, and I think he helped them with that. So that was really cool. But I just know the influence that he has across so many different sectors. And I know he has an ocean nonprofit. And I also know that all these different ocean nonprofits could be, they could be working together better. And that is one thing that I think he, he understands scaling so well mm-hmm. that I feel like I, I feel like there's something that I could offer to his nonprofit philanthropic branch of his company that could help to actually get them to where they're trying to go in a, in a faster time period. And that would be cool. Um, I don't know if it'll happen, but it would be fun. And then <laughs> let's, let's, let's intend that it will. Richard, if you're listening, we've got, we've got your person right here. Yeah. But one of my favorite disruptors is actually a guy. And I think he might only be in his late twenties, but he might be in his thirties, but I think he's only in his twenties. Wow. And him and I are working on a notion project right now. His name is Mark Angelo Coppola. He is one of my favorite disruptors because at his age, he's already created one of the most amazing masterminds in our space. I've been to it in Costa Rica. It's mind-blowing. He he curates the most brilliant people on the planet. He had Charles Eisenstein at his last one and, like, just people of that caliber that are doing amazing work, and he gets them to get off Wi-Fi for eight days and go on a boat into the jungle and, like, really connect. And and uh, he's also established three permaculture farms, which is an impossible thing to do because they don't make any money for, like, 30 years. And he has, he has them and they're sustainable and they're operating and they're in all different countries. And like when that guy does something, when he says, I'm going to do something, he's going to do it. And right now we're working on a project for the barrier reefs. And that to me is like super, super exciting. So we're going to probably do an event in 2019 at the barrier reef. So you'll appreciate this just with like some of the things I've heard you say. So we're going to call it makes the barrier reef great again. <laughs> I love that. That's really changing a certain story as well, right? <laughs> yeah, so we need to make a lot of things. Yes, exactly. So we're going to actually go to the reef and we're going to try to bring in these key influencers like Leonardo DiCaprio and, and, and Elon and like get them involved. And I don't know if we'll be able to do that, but I think it takes crazy thinking to ever create anything at all. So I'm really willing to just play and think at the biggest levels possible, you know, and yeah. Love that. Thanks. <laughs> that was always good to have, um, you know, you're, you're totally outrageous to some people, but not to you, you know, just desire of how you want to really share your gifts and, and have the impact happen in a way that helps humanity really go forward in a really good way. That's always such a good thing. Um, so for the person that's listening out there now who wants to deepen their story or if it's like somebody who works in marketing in their company or something like that, what's the one thing they could take away today to really shift into a deeper, um, more transformative way of sharing their story in a way that will impact millions? What mm-hmm. would you say to those people who are listening right now? Because I'm pretty sure people are going, well, how do, I, how do I share my story better? Or how do I, how do I share it more deeper? Mm-hmm. So you really just make sure that it's emotional and the way to make sure that it's emotional is kind of what I've already said, focus on a specific transformation and share the details and just really having empathy for where your people are at. I mean, if you just plug into 
empathy before you write, you're going to share a good story. That's my belief. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, done is better than perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just, just share. And I have like 40 different story formulas and story formats that you could follow. But the truth is that the creative expression that just wants to come through you is always going to have better results and more magnetism than following a formula. So really just start sharing your truth and just find a way to do it today because I believe that there's someone out there that's really needing you to do that. Like they're stuck and you're the solution. So not to put pressure on you, but there's pressure. <laughs> I'm a Leo, so I'm going to pressure you. <laughs> In the best way, what do they call it? You stress, right? Not, not, yeah. You're not creating distress. You're, you're helping us all get more, more intimate right at the edge of where we need to be expressing more so that we can, we can transform more and, and, you know, make a dent in the intention that you share with us at the beginning of why you're here and what you're here to do. Kylie, where, where, um, where can people find you these days? Where are you hanging out? <laughs> I'm always, I mean, you can always find me on Facebook or my website, kylieslavic.com. Those are two good places to get in touch with me. Wonderful. Otherwise, I'm in Encinitas if you're around. <laughs> Seems like every, everyone shows up here once a year. <laughs> Encinitas, San Diego, for those of you who aren't sure. And um, you have a gift for our listeners at um, www.kylieslavic.com forward slash story alchemy. Can you share a line or two about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a story format that I use for ads, but you can also use it for social media posts. So it just walks you through a process with archetypes that I use that will actually help you with everything I shared today. Speaking of transformation and journeys and details, it kind of goes to all those areas. Awesome. Well, thank you. We were just kind of wrapping it up here. Like, thank you so much for of your course. time and for answering all these questions and giving people hopefully something to really think about and, um, you know, to really consider how and leading into the practice of sharing their stories even more, because like you said, this is, um, a wonderful part of a wonderful opportunity to be part of a creation that God will love a good story, you know, <laughs> Thank I just love that it. so much. Yeah, thank you for bringing it back to that. Let's let's give God the best collective story ever. <laughs> wow, that could be a whole retreat right there. <laughs> be part of God's great collective story. I love that. Well, on that note, thank you so much. It's so thank great you. Time, and I hope you've all enjoyed this. And we will all connect again really, really soon. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on the Make the Sacred Shift podcast. If today's episode shifted your world or gave value to you, I'd love for you to leave us a quick review on iTunes. Make the Sacred Shift is a collective conversation of bringing all our divine qualities with fresh embodiment right into the human places we need it the most. If you're ready to break free from your current challenges and rise boldly into your full soul embodiment, visit me at makethesacredshift.com for one-on-one -on -one coaching group programs sacred shift products and courses all curated to empower you to shift till you're all the way home until next time you're sacred your challenges and vulnerability are sacred and you're capable of shifting into love healing miracles and complete fulfillment embody your sacred self and shift into the soul lit life you're meant to lead